Breakout, Lazat finding his man into the zone. Down the middle, they score! Austin Wagner gets it low through Robin Leonard, and the Kings strike first. 1 nothing LA, 10 19 to go in the first period. Whacking that thing around. Offensive zone for the Kings. Alex Ayafalo, side of the net and a shot, and they score! Kopitar, quick stick from the left side of the crease, and it's 2 nothing Los Angeles. Things got testy. Vegas trailed this game 2-0, but they score the last four in a row as the horn will sound just as a try from Stone misses the empty net. The game is over. Vegas defeats Los Angeles 4-2. They stomped on the Kings in the second half of this game. Shove it in. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. And we couldn't have even done this if it wasn't for you. So we have um, some important news to get to on Matthias Janmark. Well, we haven't actually gotten the news yet. We're going to speculate on what the news could be. First off, Matthias Janmark. What will his nickname be? What will Pete DeBoer refer to him as in press conferences? Bishy, Bishy. <laughs> Don't think it'll be that. Ed is muted. <laughs> I, I like this morning, uh, earlier today, when uh, Willie Ramirez said Maddie, because uh, he asked me, I said Maddie, and we both said it. So, you know, you add the Y, it's somewhat of, you know, M-A-T-T, and you put the Y. That's a simple one. There's probably more um, involved ones for a nickname, but Maddie kind of rolls off the tongue. So you have Maddie for Matthias, turning that into Maddie, which I don't think is actually shorter. You could take his last name, though, in a couple different ways, because it's Janmar. You could go Yanni. If you wanted oh, to go Yanni, with the first syllable, Yanni. or go Marky if you're going with the last syllable there. Oh, that's too close to Marchy, though. That's too close to Marchy. You wouldn't know who DePore is talking about. <laughs> what if, you know, Maddie, Marchy, what could Marky, Marchy? I mean, isn't it the same thing? Did the, what if they go with like Janny? <laughs> J- why would they like go Jan with Janny? Go, no, just, just completely anglicize it. Just completely What's like, no, nah, we're not calling you Yanni. You're Janny. I feel like oh, Janny is harder to say. That doesn't even roll off the tongue. Janny. J- um, Jared will remember this, I think. What if his emoji was a picture of Jan Brady? There we go. Yeah, Janny. That'd be great. Or I was going to say Allison Janny. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I okay, I have an emoji for you guys. You don't know who Allison Janny is, Tyler? You don't know Allison Janny? Come on. No, Come on. who is Allison Janny? That's not a real person. All right. Did you not? I... Never mind. Now Tyler is Googling. I have an emoji for oh, you. Ready? I've seen this lady before. Yes. She's on TV. Yeah. She's on television. Yes. Um, That's the extent of my Alice and Jenny. All right. Emoji for Matthias okay. Janmark. Yeah. All right. What is it? Yes. Okay. Matthias is uh, a Hebrew name for the gift of God. So the emoji oh. would be God. Just have a picture oh. of God. I don't. Is there a God emoji? Uh, oh come there's... on! You, you Google it. God with images. He's all over the place. It's an emoji. One with the staff. And yeah. it's an emoji. Do let's, you know what an emoji let's, is? Let's just go simpler. Let's just go with a yarmulke. 
No, but you could you could you could do like a, a little picture or like a staff or like a bright sun, you know, something that you know correlates to God when you do the images. Let me see images here on God. You could do the staff. Uh, you could do okay, the hold bright on, hold light. And emojis are not Google image searches. You know that, no, right? But yes, I know what an emoji is, but I'm trying to come up with something you could like put out there that would translate to God. And I'm trying to look on the images to something that would correlate to his emoji. So what about a bright sun, a staff? Um, okay, just okay. just so you know. Maybe when two, you... How about two hands like praying? Yes. Like the, the so, praying hands. When you type in staff to try to find staff emojis on your phone, the only thing that comes up are wizards with Ooh, staffs. We could make him a Wiz wizard. Like you got it. You can't just. You got to actually find a real he, emoji on your phone, not okay. just Google images. I mean, All right, then, I, pray, then I'm prayer going with hands. It, those, I'm going prayer, prayer hands. hands. Exist. Those okay. exist. I'm going prayer hands. I, I, would, I would say angel would be better. His name is exotic okay. enough, though, that you could like sort of go Lord of the Rings with it and make him a wizard. What well, his could. name is exotic enough? What do you mean his name is exotic enough? Well, if you say his name and then you add, like, from the dark forests beyond the castle. Eh, not yes. feeling it. All right. Not feeling it. I'm, I'm just trying, to, I'm trying to make someone a wizard emoji. I'm going with the uh, prayer hands. I'm going with the prayer, prayer hands. Prayer hands. Um, yeah. I'm going to guess they go with, like, a check mark because his last name is Young. Yep, that seems good. That's probably oh, what it's going to be. Which I admit is not is not the box. No, no, I, that's my prediction on what they do. I don't think that's actually any fun, but I, I think that's what they're going to do. It's going to be a check mark. Like, okay, lame. How how about yeah. being a, a player traded to the Golden Knights and they come to you and say, "All right, Matthias, we need an emoji because when we tweet out the lineup, <laughs> we don't use your name. We use emojis." And they're like, "What in the hell are you talking about? I got to come up with an emoji for myself." Who was the player who never had one, or they took a real long time to get one? Uh, I don't know. That sounds like that Brandon Peary. That wasn't Nate Schmidt, right? It wasn't. Nate, it was someone who was a regular last year or the last two years, and they didn't have one. And I almost was wishing, like you said, that the guy said, "This is completely stupid. I'm not doing this." Hmm. Like that. Would I don't be know. Great. I don't know. I have not. I have not stayed up to date on my emoji news as close as I probably should have over the last few years. I'm going to be bummed. Well, I mean, Ed's a Jersey playing. guy. You're a, like, <laughs> mascot guy. Emojis just aren't your guys' wheelhouses. No. Not in the wheelhouse. <laughs> this this is just... Matt, Maddie, Johnny, Yanni, uh, oh my God, really close. Make him... If yeah. you make him Johnny, I would be so happy. Just literally a nickname that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. He's got I a J in his name. It does not. That does not fit at all. Yeah, Johnny over there. Oh, Stone talking about patches last night. Patches with the three hundred goal. Patches has got the hardest shot I've ever played with. Listen, and that's by the way, fine if the players use that. I get that. Whatever. It's still a little weird. It's like the. It's like the NASCAR guys. You know, Kyle Busch. He won ten races in a row. Yeah, but M and M's and Coke are really good. I mean, like they can't like say anything without naming sponsors. Almost like hockey players with nicknames. It's when it goes outside the realm of the team that kind of becomes buffoonery. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit. That's why you got to start asking Pete DeBoer all your questions with Flower and Panda and <laughs> Marchie and all of it. It's way, it'd be uh, way better that way. Ed Graney, Las Vegas Review Journal. So what would you think of Panda tonight? Mark, 
would be way better that way. Um, by the way, in last night's game, how great is it that the Golden Knights played Tomas Jerko and Dylan Coglin on the fourth line? Yeah, it was uh, uh, what uh, what they have like uh, Twitter exploded with uh, memories of John Merrill. Was it John Merrill? Yeah, he, play, yes, he played. Yes, it was the John Merrill. Actually yes. scored. He, he scored, scored as a winger in his one game well, as a winger, and that was because back. we're going back to the salary cap at this point. Was it was it the situation where they couldn't call up Glass because of the money? Um, I don't remember exactly what happened with John Merrill having to play forward. No, no, last night, last night. Oh, last night. Yeah, they. So they had enough space to call up Jerko and Dylan Coughlin, but because the Golden Knights are in long-term IR, Cody Glass has bonuses in his contract, and once you go into long-term IR, your bonuses count against your cap hit. So Cody Glass costs like $1.6 million against the cap instead of 800000 Amazing. Puck, Puckpedia on Twitter explained it last night. It's way too complicated. It is unbelievably way too complicated as to why Cody Glass couldn't play last night, but Jerko and Coglin could. Like, it's incredibly stupid. Why are, Why the hell are salary caps so complex? Why is it so hard to say you can spend this much money on players and you just spend well, the money? Like, why are there bonuses yeah. that fact? Like, why is it so hard? Okay, yeah. also, every doesn't every other league in the world just go... Okay, yeah, you could spend more than the salary cap. You're just going to get taxed. Well, the NFL doesn't. Well, and the other hilarious Fair thing enough. is, I, I think McCrimmon, McCrimmon said this yesterday, when they get to the playoffs, none of this matters. No, salary cap no. goes away when you get to the playoffs. Okay, so, so just do that in the regular season. Then. I mean, well, you get to the playoffs, and it's like, yeah, whatever took you to the point of not having enough players most nights, yeah, we don't care about that anymore. Everyone can play at this point. Like, right. yeah, just do that in the regular season. Then. Look, I just, cares? like... I just don't understand, like, the NFL and the NHL, their salary cap situations are so damn complicated where it's like, how is it this hard to understand? How is it so, how has it gotten so complicated besides just setting a number of what the salary cap is and you add up what you're paying all your players? Why yes. have we gotten so complicated? Like, it's, this is something that should be very simple, but instead it's the most complicated part of the sport. Looking at the wrong person, my friend. I, once, once they get into the contracts and the bonuses and all that, I just I stop reading. I just want to know. You know, I, all I heard last night was Glass Glaze couldn't come up because of the money. So I'm like, you know, Glass couldn't come up from the money. So I'm all right. Then, you know, I guess they're bringing up Jerko and, and, and Coglin to play in the fourth line. And again, this is what the third or fourth time they've had issues here. But the, the division's so bad after three or four teams, usually it doesn't make a difference. I no, mean, and I I'm saying that given the Kings aren't going to make the playoffs, and I have to finally admit that, and it's hard for me to admit that. Oh. But some of these teams are so some of these teams are so bad. Hold on, like, eh, okay. are they so mathematically the eliminated? Line. No, no. But not, Anaheim's, Anaheim's one loss away from being so Anaheim will be eliminated before the Kings. I guess that's my saving grace. Is that your saving grace? Okay, yes, nailed oh, yes. it. Yeah. Man. I so here's my question: Is Cody Glass going to be able to play at all the rest of the season? I don't. If his, if his, who knows? I mean, I know, I know you don't know, but if his cap is going to be, if his cap is now one point six million, and they couldn't play him last night, they're not going to be. He's not going to be able to play with this team the rest of the regular season. Now, again, this is well, too damn complicated, and maybe there's some reason that he can. But it sounds like 
Cody Glass is in the AHL until the playoffs get here. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. We're on a trade deadline call as you know. You talk about the sixth pick overall, your first pick in the history franchise, who obviously has not lived up. I'm sorry, they ha- he has not lived up the expectations of that pick and being the first pick overall. That there were more questions about Peyton Krebs than Cody Glass. <laughs> so that kind of puts in perspective Cody Glass right now when you talk about what they view his importance is to the you know to the club. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Peyton like Krebs beating him out question. for a playoff spot. It's going to be yeah, great. I mean, it's yeah, going to be phenomenal when Krebs. that happens. Oh, poor Cody Glass. So, I again, it's too complicated, and maybe there's something that I don't know about that he can, but it, it seems like if he if he couldn't play last night because of the salary cap, it sounds like he's not going to be able to play the rest of the regular season because of the salary cap, and we're going to be sitting around waiting for – the playoffs to get here before Cody Glass can play, but he wasn't any good when they saw him. So why would you put him in the playoff lineup unless you have serious injuries? Is does Peyton Krebs have a nickname, Krebsy? Because Glasser is more uh, common. Does Peyton Krebs have a nickname yet, or has he not oh, been it up enough? Crazy. Oh Jesus. Um, well, he I don't. He hasn't actually Krebsy? played here. Yeah. So I'm I'm so gonna Krebsy? guess no that he hasn't gotten one, but he was with the team at one point, so maybe they did carve one out for him. But Krebsy Krebsy sounds <laughs> weird, doesn't it? Like, Krebsy sounds weird. Yeah, it's, you're Kre- trying to, I'm trying too hard with Krebsy. Krebs? Krebs? There's no way they call him Krabby, right? Oh, that'd be good, though. That's better than Omaha. <laughs> There's no way they come back with Krabby. If, 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 if Pete DeBoer refers to somebody as crabby in a press conference, we're going to have to, I don't know, stop him and be like, Pete, what are you doing? Krebsy sounds like a disease that sailors in the 18th century got. <laughs> and he will save the Golden Knights in the playoffs. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into Bischoff's briefs as Mbake Zhang is in the transfer portal. But first, here's a chance for you to win two tickets to go see Kane Brown on the Blessed and Free Tour at T-Mobile Arena, February 4th of 2022. We're going to take caller number 5 at 702-364-1100. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Caller number 5, you'll win a pair of tickets to go see Kane Brown on the Blessed and Free Tour next February at T-Mobile Arena. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's Briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's Briefs. Congratulations to Jamie. He won a pair of tickets to go see Kane Brown, the Blessed and Free Tour, coming to T-Mobile Arena in February. Uh, On Thursday, you will be able to buy tickets early if you go to canebrownmusic.com and use the password WORSHIPU, all one word, all capitalized, WORSHIPU, Thursday at 10 a.m. Go to canebrownmusic.com and you will be able to get tickets early Otherwise, they're on sale to the rest of the public on Friday of this week. So 10 a.m. password is worshipyou at canebrownmusic.com. And congratulations to Jamie for winning a pair of tickets from us. Now, Bischoff's Briefs today, 
We're looking at Mbake Zhang because Mbake Zhang sounds like he's leaving UNLV. He has declared for the NBA draft and he has entered the transfer portal. He talked to Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN yesterday and gave us some fun quotes. First one, Zhang said, they gave us an extra year to make up for COVID, which is why I'm considering coming back to college. My main focus is on being a pro and entering the transfer portal is an option for me to evaluate the opportunity that I have of coming back to college, not just UNLV, but any school that wants me. So Zhang did leave open the door that he come back to UNLV or go to another school, or that he could simply go pro and leave college all together. I don't think he will be coming back to UNLV, though, because he also said this. If I decide to return to college, I want to go to a winning program that goes to the NCAA tournament. Having more visibility is a big thing for me. Also, somewhere where they can develop me and showcase my potential. What I can bring to the table defensively and offensively. So if Mbake Zhang wants to play for a winning program that's going to the NCAA tournament, probably going to need to leave UNLV. Uh, at UNLV, they were 66-57 and 57 in Mbake Zhang's four seasons, which technically is a winning record, but they never sniffed the NCAA tournament. And personally, if I was a UNLV player, I would think the same exact way. I would want to be leaving UNLV to go somewhere that has a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, especially if I only had one year left to play. What was fun about ESPN's story was that they compared Mbake Zhang to Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. Zhang and Jonathan Chamochachua were at Baylor for one year together. Zhang was ahead of Jonathan Chamochachua on the depth chart for that team. Jonathan Chamochachua just went to Baylor and won a national championship coming off the bench. If you look at Mbake Zhang and where he could go if he does transfer to another school, I think what Jonathan Chamochachua did is the ceiling for Zhang. If he wants to go to a truly great team that is like basically guaranteed an NCAA tournament spot, that, I think, is the best his role could be. Would be a big man off the bench playing 15 minutes a game, rebounding, blocking shots, and probably picking up 4,000, 12 minutes, right? That's that's what Mbake Zhang's role would be on a really good team. Now, he could go to a lesser team in a smaller conference that has a really good shot, and maybe he's a starter on that team. But that, you know, oh, they're a 13 seed and they lose in the first round. But that's better than anything UNLV's done. But that could be a role he could go to on a different team as well. Because here's here's the problem for Mbake Jean. He has not improved in his time at UNLV. If you look at his sophomore season when he first got real playing time when he was a starter, his two-point field goal percentage, his block rate, his offensive rebounding rate, his defensive rebounding rate have all either stayed the same or gotten worse to his senior season at UNLV. He hasn't improved. He has not gotten better in any parts of the game that you'd expect Mbake Zhang to impact as a big man. He's a good help side shot blocker. He's average, maybe above average in terms of one-on-one -on -one defense in the post. And he limits you offensively because he doesn't shoot and he doesn't have good enough hands. Like one of the key things about Jonathan Chamochachua was they could run ball screens with Jonathan Chamochachua as the role man. And if you left him, They'd throw it to him, he'd catch it, and he'd lay it in or dunk. Like, he had good enough hands to do that on a consistent basis. And Bakke Zhang hasn't shown that. He has not shown that he has good enough hands and good enough offensive ability to finish as a role man going to the basket. And you certainly aren't going to throw it into the paint 15 times in a game to Mbake Zhang. That's not going to go well for you. So I am very curious where he ends up and what the market would be for him because 
he does have some skill. Like there is a there is a benefit to having Mbappe Zhang on your team, but I don't know that he's much more than what Jonathan Chamochacha was for Baylor. No, but it was really telling. And look, I mean, he's being honest here that he wants to go somewhere. I, I don't. I think he's going to transfer. I don't think he's going to. Well, he's not. He's not going to get drafted. He could play overseas. There's another. That's another situation with a kid like that who might you know be okay overseas somewhere and find a place if he just wants to play for play for any kind of money. But I think he's going to transfer. I think there's coaches from his past who will set him up uh, at a Power 5 school, um, much like uh, JTT was at Baylor. Um, but it was really telling. I want to go to a winning program. And, again, it's look, we're not breaking news here. They haven't been to the Twin State Tournament UNLV since 2013. They haven't been any good. So if you've got one year left, the other thing, you know, is interesting in that, you know, he said, I want to go somewhere where I can be seen. Uh you know, let's say Chamuchacha never left. Now, he might end up being pretty good, but there's nothing like being on the stage of an NSA tournament, never mind the Final Four and the NSA and the National Championship. That puts you on a totally different stage than just playing in the Mountain West and, and starting and, and being a good player. It's not even close. So I think he stays in college. I think he goes to Power Five. Like you said, he, he has to be a role player at a good Power Five. But I think in his mind, it's like if things could work out, somewhat like it did... For JTT, I don't mean you can't say you're going to go win the national championship, but if you're in the NCAA tournament, I think in his mind, he's got a better chance of pro scouts or whoever to look at him and to evaluate him more so than if he stays where he's at and finishes fourth in the Mountain West. Yeah, I think the prob- the biggest problem for him, though, is I don't think he's going to get any better. Like, I don't think there's going to be much improvement uh, regardless of where he goes because... He, he stayed the exact same for three years at UNLV. Like, Mbake Zhang is the same player now that he was three years ago. And to be fair to him, he came here from Marvin Menzies, and Marvin Menzies runs a much more post-oriented offense than TJ Otzelberger, and he played for two years under Otzelberger, despite right. it not being, you know, the, the best fit of player and system. But, so, you know, maybe he's better if he goes somewhere that's more emphasizing post-play, but I just... No team is going to be that good if, if they're emphasizing Mbake Zhang as a focal point of their offense. So, right. you know, can he develop as a role player? Sure, but I don't think even like, you know, role player for Baylor, even if he if he followed the Jonathan Chamochachua uh, scheme and went to, uh, you know, Gonzaga or something, came off the bench, right. backed up Drew Timmy, wins the national championship, playing 12 minutes a night, that guy doesn't get drafted. Like the, the seventh, eighth guy in, on, on a college team doesn't get drafted. It just doesn't happen. So I, I'm I'm very pessimistic about any chance he has of getting drafted. Now, for him, playing professionally could mean anywhere else in the in the world, which is but if sure. I if I'm in Bake Zhang, I don't think my I don't think my professional stock can get any higher. So if I if he has an offer to go play somewhere in Europe or whatever country it is, right. I think you take it now. Because I don't think going back to school is going to change much. Because being the eighth man on the national title team is not going to get you drafted into the NBA. So if he's got an offer to play professionally somewhere, I would take it right now. I'd take it and say, yeah, that's that's fine. Let's do it. Now, does he have that? I don't know. Maybe he needs to be the eighth man on Gonzaga to to get that look to where some league in Spain says, yeah, we'll take Mbake Zhang. Maybe that's what he needs. But... As of right now, I just don't see his stock getting any better for professional basketball. Yeah, and that might be true. I, I just my feeling towards him going back to college was him mentioning Chamachacha, and, and maybe someone's put in his mind, whether it's his handlers or whoever, that that could be you. 
I, I'm with you. I don't know if it could be. Um, so I don't think he'd even play as high a role as as JTT did with Baylor. I mean, he was he played a significant role, not the leading one. So I don't even know if Mbake Jean could do that. But you never know what people are telling him behind the scenes. Who's handling him? What they're telling him in terms of what he could do to Power 5 school. That's why I think he stays in college. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think he's an NBA player. I think he can play for money, certainly somewhere. Um, I'll be surprised if he if he doesn't transfer. He, he went out of his way to talk about the NCAA tournament. He went out of his way to see what happened to say what happened at Baylor. And I and look, he, you know, and I you, you and I both know he's he's going to get calls. I mean, he's seven foot who can block shots. Someone's call, he's going to get calls from power fives. Uh, you know, Bryce Hamilton's a nice player, but I mean, he goes in the portal, and that list of calls that come right away, if that list was true, I mean, they want blue bloods want players. They they think that they can make a difference in a kid. And, you know, have him be really good for them. So any seven-footer who can block shots is getting calls from Power 5 programs. So I'm, I'm, my guess is that's where he goes. Join David Jenkins in Utah. Craig Smith's got to be on the phone saying, you're the next Nemish Cato. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be shocked at that. I don't I don't know. He's, he's going to get – I'm sure he's already gotten calls. The minute these guys go in the portal, school start calling. I mean, like within two seconds of someone like that being in the portal who has some size to him – there's someone's going to call and say, sure, you can come with us and play this many minutes and we'll get to the NCAA tournament and you'll be seen. You can tell what they, you know, if I'm a coach and I read those comments, put it this way, I certainly know what to tell the kid when I'm recruiting. Yes. He kind the of put himself is, out there. Yeah. The, the sell I mean, is very easy. When yes, you the read sell those is quotes. really easy for Bakke Chong, <laughs> given if I read all those comments. All right. Coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. He's never seen a steak that is too gray. He once ate half a box of Cheez-Its for lunch and finished off the other half for dinner. He has eaten exactly one taco in his life. He is Mike Grillmala. Have tacos changed that much since I tried one? Mike, how are you? Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on? What's up? <laughs> what's up? So... We got some UNLV basketball questions for you. Are you ready for them? Yes. Throw them at me. Arthur Kaluma and Kashawn Gilbert, are they both coming to UNLV? Gilbert is coming. He says he's going to play at UNLV. Um, that's the good news. The bad news is uh, Arthur Kaluma is still a, a man of mystery at this point. Um, hard to get a hold of him to find out if he's going to come or not. And uh, Kevin Kruger also has not asked him if he's coming or not. So that's all kind of up in the air. Gilbert, yes. Kaluma, we don't know yet. At this point, though, with Kaluma and, and people in the portal and all these schools going after kids, let's just say he hasn't decided by now. Aren't you surprised he hasn't decided by now? Uh, n- not really, because he's a guy who he's a good enough recruit that he can wait as long as he wants probably still end up where he wants to go you know it's a, a team will make room for him it's not like he's got a deadline where he's got to make a decision fast um i think uh you know if he if a, a power five school wants to swoop in and grab him if you know texas or some random power five school says hey uh, arthur kaluma um you, the coach you committed to is gone do you want to uh, sign with us uh, he could wait a month from now to say yes he could do the whole recruiting thing again if he wants to and go through the <laughs> entire process so a guy like him he sets his own. He sets his own timeline for that. Are, are you uh, insinuating Iowa State is on the line? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I don't know about Iowa State specifically, but, I mean, it would, like, what's to stop that from happening? Nothing, really. I mean, he committed to TJ. He likes TJ. That's why he committed to UNLV. Um, if he wants to do that, then I'm sure Iowa State, there are not a lot of guys on that roster coming back who are going to block Arthur Kaluma from, you know, taking a spot there. Is it weird that Kevin Kruger said he has not directly asked Arthur Kaluma if he's coming to UNLV? It's... Yeah, it's a it's a little bit like, kind of like you're you're just you don't want the bad news. Like it's like if you if you're a, if you're a little kid and you're in you don't ask your mom you don't go up to your mom and say hey mom do I need to clean my room should I clean? like you're already not cleaning your room so that you can only get a bad answer so it's like I think Kevin Kruger is kind of like well he committed here um, he signed a letter of intent we think he's coming as long as we don't ask him you know he's still coming it's sort of like a, a Schrodinger's cat thing it's like. If you don't know, it's still good news. So he hasn't given you any bad news yet. I think that's why, probably why they haven't directly asked him. That seems really dangerous. I guess doesn't doesn't, <laughs> doesn't that seem weird? Like, like are, are you holding a are you holding a locker with his name on it, and then everyone's supposed to report? It's like, yeah, Art didn't show up. I mean, I don't know. That just seems kind of that's like usually when guys get jobs. And you know this, Mike, the very first thing they do is they call the recruits who have signed to try to either re-recruit them or to get a determination one way or the other. Yeah, and that's what uh, Keyshawn Gilbert said when I I talked to him. And he said, you know, after um, Kevin Kruger was named the head coach, he called me and we talked. Um, But I guess Kruger, um, according to Kevin Kruger, he didn't ask Gilbert either, like directly, are you coming, still coming to UNLV? Um, But then I asked Gilbert and he said, yeah, so I mean, it's, it worked out there. I mean, it worked out with Gilbert. They didn't ask him, and he still came. So, I mean, maybe it'll work out with, with Arthur Coloma as well. Um, but it is a little – It's a little. it strikes me as a little bit odd, that, that approach, but you're just kind of hoping for the best. Uh, there's still a few roster spots for Kevin Kruger to fill, but right now you're making a prediction. Uh, who are the leading scorers for UNLV next season? I'd say Nick Blake – Donovan Williams, those are the two guys. Like Blake, from what we saw last year, I think he could get up into double digits next year if he's, you know, starting and playing minutes. And Williams, just from the brief amount of um, YouTube video that's out there that you can um, watch, he seems like a guy who maybe could play and get some shots up. Like they hit none of the guys they've recruited have been obviously big scorers or offensive-minded players. None of them are really, you know, three-point shooters or, or specialists, but. He's got some traits that could make you think maybe he can put the ball in the back. I would say Nick Blake and, and Donovan Williams right now, but they've only got half a roster, so I mean it's 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 difficult to say. It seems though like he might at one point play four point guards on the floor. If this kid from Cincinnati signs, that seems like a lot of point guards and and again, you know, Tyler and I've talked about this and I know you've written this. Look, we don't know. He's getting a lot of kids who haven't played a lot but we're good high school recruiters. So their three-point shooting, their percentages are kind of skewed because there's not a lot of evidence. But is that like a concern as you continue to write about these kids and you look at their numbers like, okay, that's fine, but who's going to make shots? Yeah, you want a, a, someone who can put the ball in the basket. And I guess, you know, you can throw Arthur Kaluma in there as well if he does end up coming. He's a guy that projects as a pretty good scorer. Maybe he can um, be somewhat productive as a freshman. I think with the point guard thing, it's just that, you saw what happened last year when they were left without one. It's like they didn't have a point guard that could competently run an offense. And Bryce Hamilton got worse. David Jenkins got worse. 
it was just it was just, everything was more difficult because they didn't have someone who could just dribble the ball and run you know pick and roll or you just basically just run your offense. There was no one that could handle the, the basic um, just competencies that are required of the position. So you probably now he wants two, he wants three, he wants to make sure that doesn't happen again because we saw the result. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kevin Kruger to me when I look at the guys he's recruiting. Um, Jordan McCabe doesn't really fit into this, but the other three guys are clearly just long, athletic, defensive guys. Like that. I think that's how he wants to play. I think they're going to try and grind games out this year. I don't think their focus is really going to be on, hey, let's outshoot the other team from three-point range. It's probably going to be more of like, hey, let's slow it down. Let's play 30 seconds of defense. Let's try and win You know, in the 50s. All right, I'm going to give you a, a platform here because I know this is a topic that you're passionate about, but uh, the people listening to the show don't know you're passionate about it. Uh, how do you feel about replay in baseball? Oh my God, it's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst thing that's ever been instituted in sports. I think out of, out of everything that's happened in my lifetime, Major League Baseball going to a video monitor to review if or out calls and all this. It's the worst development that has happened why does baseball need to review like what when has that ever been a thing like the umpires are you know they, they've made bad calls for 100 years they've made good calls for 100 years like why are we slowing down baseball why are we the, the 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 team that's in the field runs off the field after the third out and then the other some other players hang around second base to see if the guy's foot maybe bumped an inch off the base as he slid into it and the glove it's, it's the stupidest thing i can't stand it i hate it i i I am, you're right. I'm really passionate about it. I hate review for Major League Baseball. They should take it away. But, okay, Mike. So, and this is, a, this is a bit of a reach, let's be honest. The Red Sox have a chance to go to the playoffs. Would you not review as with the Mets and Marlins last week where a guy doesn't try to get out of the way and actually leans into a pitch to get hit? I don't, there's 160 games that they play every year. I can't. If you're, if you're, if you're reviewing two plays a game. I can't watch three. I can't watch like 320, 400 replays. I can't do it. I don't want to do that. Like baseball is enough of your is enough of a chore as it is to sit there and watch an entire season of baseball. You can't, you can't make me sit through re- replay review on top of it. It's just, it's not fair to the, it's not fair to the viewers. Uh, okay. I've got another question for you because you texted me this a couple of weeks ago and I never got an update. You said, I feel like I want apple pie. Do I dare? Did you have another apple pie? No, no. Okay. Cause I don't, if you remember the last time I tried it, I got sick. Yeah. Yeah. We remember so, you blamed apple pie when it probably wasn't the apple pie. Yes, we know. No, it, it most definitely was. And I've, I've had it twice and it, I actually kind of liked it. It was like, it was getting better. I was like, oh, this is something that maybe I'll have once in a while when I feel like it. And then to my surprise, a couple months later, I did feel like it. I was at home. I was like, you know, an apple pie might, like, hit the spot right now. But <laughs> the last time I tried it, it made me sick. And I'm not – that, like, that would be like me voluntarily sitting through a baseball replay. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to force myself to eat apple pie when I know it's going to make me sick and I'm going to hate it. I, but your body was telling you you wanted it. There was a clear sign from your body that you wanted apple pie. It was trying to trick me, and I didn't fall for it. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of cravings, and sometimes you're sitting around like, yeah, you know, have a beer or something, you know, like, you know, after working out or something. 
This is the first time I've really heard someone just sitting there, and in his mind pops, I really would like some apple pie. I'm a big dessert and, guy. I, I value dessert. <laughs> like that's, a, that's, that's important to me. But also, I know that sometimes food is the enemy. And it's not always, it's not always fighting fair. I know that it's going to taste good at first, but then if I'm going to get sick afterwards, it's not worth it. Can you do a like food podcast or YouTube show and just name it "Food Is the Enemy" and you just try foods and gag? <laughs> oh, food is yeah. the enemy. I don't think I don't think enough people would listen to that to warrant it. What do you mean? People love this. This is people's favorite part of the press box is us asking you <laughs> yes. about food. They like it as dessert. They let, they tune in for the sports talk, and then you give them a little food talk afterwards, and it's like a nice, sweet dessert. But if you make it the main course, it's going to make people sick, much like that apple pie that I did not eat. Uh, well, he is Mike Cravalla from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, Mike, go eat another apple pie. It wasn't the apple pie. Thank no, you, thank you. Thank Bye. you. Was, was his apple pie... I remember you guys talking about in your, uh, your technically correct. Was it a McDonald's one, or did he actually try to make one? No. So the first time he had one, he tried a McDonald's apple pie, and he okay. and he enjoyed it. The one that got okay. him sick was an actual apple pie from a store. Like he oh, went and bought okay. a whole okay. apple pie that just okay. whatever stick in the oven to heat up or something, okay. and it it made him sick. So Jeez. yeah. Poor Mike. Boy, the daily decisions this kid makes. <laughs> My goodness. I, I'm just, so I asked Tyler, I texted Tyler, does he drink? Because I would no, love to I like, would say no. I would love to hear a story about Mike Grimala going on like a bender and getting really sick on Jägermeister and then being like, oh no, I can't eat an apple pot. No, he does not drink. So no, no chance. not, uh, you're the guy who's like afraid of flavor, like afraid of mayonnaise is definitely not drinking alcohol. Like you kidding me? You got Fair like enough. you talk about, yeah. He's afraid of any condiment whatsoever. Alcohol. You got to like acquire the taste he, for that. He can't even acquire boy, ketchup. He would have passed out at the house last night when we had the hot dogs with mayonnaise and ketchup, <laughs> with pickles, mm. mayonnaise, ketchup, and pickles on the hot dog last night. That poor kid would have been passed out on the kitchen floor. Hebrew National. <laughs> uh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, great. Hot dogs. All right, uh, there we go. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. The Jews are how to make a hot dog. With the Brichot bun, you would have loved it. Oh, yeah, that's great. All right, coming up next, (laughs) when did Sean Payton gain so much weight? You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. All right, Jared, I'm going to need some help on this one. Uh, so there's going to be a movie about the Saints' bounty gate? So from what I understand, it's not actually about bounty gate as much as it's about the year that Sean Payton was suspended for bounty gate. Because if it's about bounty gate, that should be a drama. And we need Ron Perlman to play <laughs> Greg. And instead we have Kevin James playing Sean, Sean Payton, Payton, and it's produced and... by Adam Sandler's company. <laughs> so I'm thinking. So wait, wait, is Adam Sandler going to be in this movie? He normally makes a cameo in these type oh. things. So what did Sean Payton do for the year that he wasn't coaching the Saints? Apparently, he coached his sixth grade son's football team. So is Adam Sandler going to be one of the kids on the team in this movie? <laughs> 
Normally in those type of movies, he winds up being like one of the like like a random stupid character with one of his voices. Okay, but the more the the bigger question I have here is how did we land on Kevin James playing Sean Payton? I feel like there's about three Sean Paytons that could fit inside of Kevin James. That's is he and Sandler are like best friends, so maybe he just begged his friend for the role. Um, yeah, the first cool. thing you think of is this could be this has to be a makeover in Hollywood where Kevin James needs to drop a lot of weight now, as we've seen in Hollywood from countless stars. They can go up and down like in six months, like it's I mean McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club got to like six pounds. So I mean, you know, the, you know, Damon has done that. He's gone up and down like 25, 30 times where I once read a story in Damon where where doctors said, okay, no more. Like you were completely putting yourself at risk by gaining and losing as much. But you're right. The first thing you thought of is Kevin James's man. He's really big to be Sean Payton. Like, <laughs> isn't he? Like he's a big okay. man. Okay. You you've seen like interviews with like athletes or something where they'll be like, if somebody played you in a movie, who would it right. be? Right. Was there any point in Sean Payton's life where he answered that question with Kevin James? No chance. No, because <laughs> no, because Sean Sean Payton looks like your divorced uncle. <laughs> like he looks like your like your uncle that you're like, huh? So you're dating someone I went to high school with, huh? You know what? Would now take, the, go ahead. I mean, he would take Robert Redford at 85 right now. I mean, ah. he, he, oh, oh, over the over the over uh, Paul Bart, right? I mean, except for the fact that he apparently Sean Payton has like some creative control over the script, like he has some input over the script. So yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those. Yeah, I got unjustly suspended, so I had to coach my son's sixth grade team. Like, I doubt there's going to be any mention of the of the defensive coordinator going and number four. That's money right here. <laughs> You give me Brett Favre's head on a plate. Yeah. We got $100,000 for you. Okay, now that I've Googled Kevin James, there, there are some pictures here. He's yes. not that big. He, there's some pictures here where he looks... He's, he looks... I believe... I mean, still bigger than Sean Payton, because Sean Payton's pretty skinny, but there's... Uh, he could pull this off. I, I think he well, could he do could this. pull it off. I think yeah, sure. he also had to do that whole lose some weight or you're gonna die type thing. Well, you know, that happens. He could definitely pull it off. He could definitely pull it off. Like, there, there's a there's a picture here of Kevin James in, like, a Mets uniform that the buttons are crying out for help because they're about to blow, and there's one with his shirt off, I don't know how much longer, where he actually looks like he's got abs. Well, well he did a movie as an MMA fighter. Like, as an MMA fighter. So I he, think he lost the one. From, from, he was at the premiere of Zookeeper in, like, a gray suit, and he looks... I mean, he looks maybe 200 pounds at the most, so he can. He's he's been to that point where he can pull it off, probably. What a disaster! Having to gain and lose so much weight to star in a role—that's a disaster. Who wants to do that? That's a lot of money. I think a lot of people would. I mean, no, it's like your golfer scenario. You'd rather be number 125 and just make yes, money, and yes. nobody knows who you are. It's true. That's just true. Be the that same fat actor in every movie. <laughs> <laughs>